hour number two, week 16, NFL Sunday, Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to all the listeners and viewers out there. Hope it's a great day with your families. Enjoy the football today and hopefully win some money on all of our bets. Uh, 40 minutes from now, best bets every single game today, side and total. We look forward to that. The Prop King coming up momentarily. We'll also give you Ken Barkley's underdog money line parlay. We'll have a teaser conversation as well later this hour. But for now, Ken, let's, uh, let's update the old board about an hour away from kickoff week 16 NFL Sunday. Uh, where do we stand right now in a, in a bunch of these games? Yeah, I think uh, I think our video producer, uh, producer Matt Pisani, pointed this out. Maybe it was Kenny Henderson, our board up. Just name the credits of the show at this point. Um, just that all the games in the early window actually are, are very uh, small point spreads, that they're projected to be very competitive kind of coin flip type games, all of them like field goal-ish type numbers. Those are typically like the most fun kind of games to bet into, honestly, because projected to be a really competitive game, you know, as opposed to the two games that start Christmas tomorrow, 10 and a half and 13 and a half demolitions, probably, honestly, uh, not as much fun to bet into for a lot of us uh, in terms of these early games. Yeah, some interesting line move. It's worth noting that in the last you know, 20 to 25 minutes, more of the plus threes on Indianapolis have gotten bet. We detailed that line moving in the first hour of the show. Atlanta opened a small dog and then got bet out to a three-point home favorite. Taylor Heineke starting, Indianapolis down Michael Pittman Jr. And so the Falcons minus threes were kind of holding all day yesterday. Not really so much anymore. The threes are basically all gone at minus 110. Now it's kind of like a you know a scramble to find a three with an okay price that you like if you like Indianapolis. Uh, or if you want to lay Atlanta, you can wait, I think, and watch the price come down and maybe you get a, a good two and a half or a two as we get close to kickoff. So some interesting push and pull in that market interest in the Colts. I just have to say, like, I, I like the Colts plus three also. And like Arthur Smith, a moron and Shane seconds, the coach of the year. And I get the coach of the year plus three. It sounds like a pretty good idea. Also, they win like every single one of these coin flip games. So uh, betters have kind of taken the same tact and bet, bet the Colts. So that's more like two and a half right now. Talked about the Packers at the end of last segment, just a pretty remarkable setup in this game with you know, how did we think about the Packers just like a couple of weeks ago? They were sort of surging. They had won several games, beat the Lions, beat the Chiefs on Sunday night football. It was like Matt LaFleur turning things around. Jordan Love, like, oh, I, I guess uh, I guess th they were all haters. Like, he's actually really good. And now a couple of weeks later, it's like, actually, you're going to like struggle to beat the Carolina Panthers at their place. Um, no Christian Watson, no Jaden Reed. Packers just a three and a half point road favorite now everywhere. There's like one four left on the board. So interest in the Panthers that's obviously driven by the injury report uh, for Green Bay that uh, both of their wide receivers will be out for today. The Browns are, I'm, I'm surprised by this, honestly. There was interest in the Colts at plus three. I can't believe no one wants Houston in this game. Like I, I kind of can't like, did nobody learn their lesson last week? This isn't, an, and like, look, I don't want Houston to win. I got like I had stockings full of Kevin Stefanski coach of the year money, Flacco comeback player of the year. That stuff's all torched if they start losing games down the stretch. But like, okay, like look at the Browns injury report. Watch their game last week against the Chicago Bears, three on the road against like a really well-coached team that won last week with a backup quarterback, gets a receiver back for this game. Like I, I think this market's pretty, I, I want Cleveland to win this game more than I want any result to happen today, except maybe like Dak playing awesome and then beating Miami. But like, I, I still have to look at this board and be like, yeah, cool. I want Cleveland, but like, what is this? 
Like, what is this market? So it's holding three. Like, I, I thought this would be two and a half by kickoff. I kind of can't believe the Browns are going to go off as a three-point road favorite, but they are. And maybe they prove me wrong and Miles Garrett has 10 sacks and all, a bunch of cool stuff happens. But, like, Browns still three, total still 40. Um, we're kind of an interesting game there. Seahawks still three on the road to Tennessee. We've done absolutely nothing on the Jets-Commanders game, and rightfully so. Uh, the Jets between a two and a half and a three-point home favorite in that game. Total still 37. The two and a halfs are holding on the Lions. We talked about that about 30 minutes ago that Minnesota threes all got bet and the Lions are just a two and a half point road favorite. They are still just a two and a half point road favorite. Looks like that game might go off less than a field goal. Uh, the total in that game, also worth noting, has started getting bet up in some places. 47 and a halfs, mostly on the board, but 48s have started appearing. Um, so over interest in addition to the Vikings getting bet earlier. Um, and then in the late window, very quiet. But obviously, as I said earlier, it will not be quiet. Like, you know, 3, 3.30 as we get up to the start of the games. Is Trevor Lawrence going to play for the Jaguars? Yes, no, that market moves heavily either way. Probably not to a full field goal, but like we'll see. Probably Jags two and a half if he plays. Bucks two and a half, maybe three if he doesn't play. But obviously market leaning a little more toward him playing. And then Tyreek Hill in the Miami Dolphins game against the Cowboys. Like going to be a really, really significant swing probably. Would imagine if he plays something like Dolphins two or two and a half if he's like confirmed playing. If he doesn't, maybe the market doesn't move as much as I'd think, but like we we watched the Titans game when he was out and you could be like, well, last week was cool. Last week was the Jets. Like this ain't that. And I, people are going to have jokes about the Cowboys defense, obviously like really, really significant whether Tyreek Hill plays or not today. So those markets are all kind of holding still, but obviously we have two big injuries coming up. That'll be determined in the next couple hours. Um, do you think that uh, the Broncos Patriots game will close seven? That's the game tonight. And then do you anticipate any moves tomorrow in any of the three games? Like, will the Eagles go to 14? Do you think the Giants will get bad? And honestly, like, out of the four games, like the Sunday night game and the three games tomorrow, like, what do you right. think happens as we approach kickoff of Niners-Ravens? Like, we like San Francisco in the game, and Ken, you said to close the hour, like, you like San Francisco. We bet better numbers than this. Like, we bet numbers less than six. Do you think this is going to come off six, go back down to five and a half? Do we stay here? Do the Niners get bet? Because I feel like a lot of people feel like we do, like I like San Francisco in the game. Doesn't mean the bet's going to win. Just saying that I think that's the case. Like, what do you think we right. see tonight and then the three games tomorrow? If you had to guess, and this is a guess, obviously. Yeah, uh, not wouldn't be extremely confident about all four. Uh, they're far away, and there aren't a lot of injuries, like, of note in any of the four games that would, like, I guess, like, you know, if Dexter Lawrence was out for the Giants, would the Eagles go to 14 from 13 and a half? Like, probably, even though he's not, like, a huge spread impact player. Like, I think everybody likes the Eagles anyway, and you would just find even less resistance on the Giants if that happened. Tonight's game... We're between seven and seven and a half. There are seven and a halfs on the board right now. I think we probably just stay in this neighborhood. There aren't a lot of like injuries that haven't that have kind of yet to be determined on both sides. Ton of interest on Denver throughout the course of the week. I mean, this open the idea that you're going to open on one side of seven and close on the other without like a quarterback injury does not happen very often, and that's happening in tonight's game. So I, I think like we just kind of hold tights between seven and seven and a half in that game, just because all the movement seems to have happened already, and there aren't a lot of injuries tomorrow. Look, I mean, the Chiefs have been 10 and a half like the whole week with uh, except for like Tuesday. And OK, like I, it can change. I just don't know why it would change. Um, and I, I think that's like about the right number in the game, too. Uh, I'd be curious when you find resistance on the Giants. The spot in terms of where we are in the schedule, how each team played going into the game, everything about history between the two teams from the last couple of years, everything would tell you that Philadelphia is like, going to give you a really good performance and Jalen Hurts calling out the team that has driven a ton of action on the Eagles 
when will people step up and bet the Giants the other way? I don't know if there's a point where that's going to happen. So maybe you do see the Eagles get bet out a little bit more. Maybe we see 14. I think there are a lot of people that might still like the Eagles at 13 and a half if you get the right injury report. At night, I got no idea. I really have no idea. Um, my sense is that the over would get bet a little bit more than it's already gotten bet. So the weather is supposed to be fine for the game, by the way. It's supposed to be fine for basically every game. 46 was the opener. 46 and a half is where we are right now. There is a 47 at a market making book. And just like even when I look at the game and, you know, not that it has to be high scoring. Keaton Mitchell's out for the Ravens, kind of their explosive playmaker. So maybe that's kind of what holds this down. The Niners have played whatever. How many how many games have the Niners played this year? Uh, 14. Uh, they played 11, They're 11 games. They're 11 and three. Yep. They played 11. They played 11 games with the full complement of players. Like the three games that they lost, like no Debo, Trent Williams was out of the rainy game in Cleveland. Like that was shorthanded Niners. The offense, for the most part, has been full strength for 11 games. The fewest number of points they've scored in any of those 11 games was 27. And that was against Tampa. And they averaged seven yards per play. And that's the worst offensive output. So like, yeah, the Ravens have a really good defense and they've had some really good performances this year. Is there anybody that can actually slow this thing down? That's what I, I'm just really curious. The answer can be yes. Like this is again, this is kind of like a big time college football game. Michigan and Alabama are going to play in like a week. I don't think there's anything about who those teams have played that tells you how they fit together or Texas and Washington. Like you're playing, you're finally playing someone like you. You're finally playing someone that can hold up at the line of scrimmage that can stop some of the things that you do. Who knows what happens when that happens? And I think this game's kind of like that too. Like the Ravens played Detroit at home. That's it. That's all you got to be like, how are they going to hold up in this game? You got the Jags last week with like a hurt Trevor Lawrence. That's kind of all you have to be like, are the Ravens going to hold up against a big time offense against a big time? We just don't know. The, the answer can be yes. We just don't know. And then for the Niners, like, yeah, you played Dallas, played Philly, played Seattle twice, played the same Jags team. I feel like we have a little bit better idea of team quality with them. But again, like a lot more guessing when you get these like AA level opponents playing each other. There just aren't many teams like this. They're not going to play very often. Um, kind of has that college football big game feel to it. Absolutely. Can't wait for it coming up tomorrow night. The other two games, maybe I could wait for. But I, I'll be waiting all day for Monday night right. coming up tomorrow <laughs> for San Francisco and Baltimore. And uh, look, you know, the props so far this week. Just call me, call me Kurt Hennig. Perfect. I'm okay, Mr. Kurt. Perfect, and, and I would make you're 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 Bobby the Brain Heenan, except you're alive. I like I, awesome. like I like how it's call me Kurt Hennig because I'm Mr. Perfect. Be like, so do you want to be called Mr. Perfect or do you want to be called Kurt Hennig? <laughs> like, what's I, okay, I think, Mr. Hennig? I think I'd prefer to be called Mr. Perfect, right? We, and yeah, by the way, one of the most underrated so entrance Perfect. themes. Right. Dun, 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 dun. Do we get sued if we play that on the air? Like, if I have like a perfect week of props, know, we, just, we could probably play. We just play right? jingle bells played by like some electric guitar. <laughs> probably pretty good so far. <laughs> so I think we, we, we might be okay. So look, Olave on Thursday. Tyler Boyd yesterday. Gabe Davis last night. Oh, yeah. So the prop's off to a nice holiday start. And not only, because the prop king is a benevolent king, a magnanimous king, not only will you be getting props for today's slate of games, but we're going to give you the props for tomorrow's games as well. Now. Now, you might, you might be saying, wow, prop king, that's really nice of you, getting all these props out to us early. Well, it's also because I don't want to work tomorrow. 
So you get the props now. So this is what we like to call the industry, killing two birds with one stone. We service you, the audience, and we service me, the person that's providing the content, but not having to work tomorrow by giving you the props today for tomorrow. So without further ado, it is time for the prop king to descend down from thy royal throne, to traipse across thy royal green and red carpet, you know, for Christmas, and traipse over to thy royal balcony to gaze down upon you, the morons, <laughs> stupidity doesn't take holidays off, to give you prop bets for week 16 in the National Football League. <laughs> Now approaching the betting window, it is your prop king, Nick Costos. All hail King Costos. All hail King Costos. We'll start in Atlanta. Arthur Smith. Bozo. <laughs> Mustachioed. Moron. Crow Magnum Man. Does dumb stuff and gets up there in the press conference and basically makes guttural noises and grunts at the media, expressing his displeasure with you idiots for daring to ask questions like, why does your quarterback suck so much? Why don't you use any of the players you drafted in the top 10? Well, actually, his scheme is so good, so brilliant. Who needs a top 10 running back, a top 10 receiver? A top five tight end. Unnecessary. We've got Tyler Algier. Michael Pruitt. John U. Smith. Kaderil Hodge. That's how good the scheme is. Do you know what that is? Arrogant. He's arrogant. But I'll say this about Arthur Smith. Call him a moron. And yeah, like he's like, he's a daddy's boy. And like he's a trust fund baby. His dad founded FedEx, by the way. He's like worth like a billion dollars. People that don't know that. He's a rich kid born on third base. Thinks he hit a triple. I will say this about Arthur Smith. He's definitely not stupid. Like he took an IQ test. Like he's definitely not dumb. You don't get to be a coach in the National Football League but be like a raving moron. He might not be good at his job, but he's not stupid. He's just arrogant. And you would think now, like... The bloom's off the rose. The mask is off. He's getting fired if the rest of the season doesn't go well. It stands to reason that if he's going down and if he's getting canned, he's going to do it with his stars. Today, Bijan Robinson will go over his rushing yards prop. Over 60 and a half rushing yards. On the other side, the rest of the winning props. Week 16 in the NFL. <laughs> 